Hello, this is the Made Musings podcast, the podcast that focuses on everyday issues, illnesses, and disabilities that affect everyday people. Find us anywhere you listen to your podcast and on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Made Musings. Please subscribe. Today, I've got a very beautiful guest. She's black, she's bold, she's a frontline worker, and she's based in Manchester, where I live. Welcome to the Made Musings, Andrea James. And uh, I am so excited to have you on this podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome. Thank you, Olive, for having me on your show, on your podcast. I really appreciate it. You're very excited. Very, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> to help our listeners uh, get to know you a bit, can you tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, where you were born and raised? Okay. My name's Andrea. I am 24 years old. I'm an Adrian. I'm half Igbo, half Calabar. I am a nurse assistant. I'm a mother of one. I'm a single mother, in fact. I like to mingle. I like to socialize, you know. I like getting to know people. I like helping people. I have a passion in being a people's person. Like, I'm a listener. I listen to people's thoughts and how they, whatever is bothering them, I want to listen. I want to be able to overcome that, uplift them, and to just to work, just to give them that assurance to say that they are not alone in this kind, in this crazy society that we live in. And a lot of people, they feel like they're alone. They feel like they're trapped. They feel like they have no purpose in this world. But when you know God and when you when you know his works and when you know his miracles and what he can do, they have nothing to worry about. You'll be guessing or you'll be happy. You, your mind will be at peace. So that's that's a little thing about me. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I guess also with your job, you've got to be a great listener. You've got to be able to show empathy to people. Oh, yes, I have to. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So what are some of the memorable times that you had growing up as a girl? And uh, where did you, did, did you say where you grew up? Oh, no, I didn't. Well, I was yeah. born in, surprisingly, I was born in Hong Kong. Oh, cool. My mom, my mom and my dad, they were, they were working, they were business um, owners up there. They were working and then they... My mom, uh, my mom decided to take her children and bring them here while my dad was still working over there. And yeah, so I kind of mainly grew up. Most of my memory is based in, in Britain here in England here, which is, you know, I'm, I know the society, you know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm keyed into the environment. So my most memorable moment, when I went to Nigeria for the first time, I actually went to meet my dad. And I haven't seen him in a very, very, very long time. Like even from since thinking the fact that we came to the UK when I was about, I think I was even one or maybe two. Like 1998, we came here and I was born in 1996. So yeah, two years. So it was, I was very excited. I was very, I was also scared at the same time because I thought, I haven't seen this man in such a long time. What is he going to say? What is he going to think? Is he going to tell me off? I don't know. But I just said, okay, my mom just said, as I got there, um, my mom said, this is my dad. And I I was shocked because I thought, we look alike. And and my, my dad is quite shocked. He's a great man. Mm-hmm. 
African man, yeah. You know, and a proper African African man. He has value. He has potential. He has like prosperity, you know. And he's that kind of. He's just a proper African man. But I was, I was so young, and when we got there, uh, and I see his face, he didn't. He wasn't well at all. Like his eyes have gone cross-eyed. So like when he's looking at you, he's looking to the right instead of to look straight at you. And like when it goes to the left, is it was kind of I was kind of that's why I think that's what scared me the most because he couldn't exactly look at me straight. In the eye. He had to, to yes. And like when we were taking pictures, he would turn to the other side. And I think that's kind of what scared me because I thought. I thought, like, is this really, is this really my dad? What happened to him? Like, how did he get sick like this? So then after we came back, it was a nice time because we got to, you know, we got to chat and to, to um, get to know each other and everything. Then when, once I came back, like a year after, he passed. So I, it gave me, just looked to God and I thought, why? Like, maybe this is the reason why you wanted us to go to Nigeria. You wanted me to go to Nigeria to meet him. Even though he was already ill, you still wanted me to go and to see him and to get to know him and to know the type of man that he is. Because I don't know when we got there, he was just so apologetic. He was just apologizing to my mom for so many things that I didn't even know, mm. you know. But I was just so grateful that I had the opportunity before he passed to actually to meet him. Although I wasn't able to be at his funeral because, you know, I was young and they went back to Nigeria to do the funeral. And um, they didn't want, mom didn't want me to go through, to see all that at that age. So, um, yeah, she was just protecting me from it. So, yeah, it was just kind of that. It's just one of those where you just have to say, okay, and you just keep it in mind to say he was a good man. You know, I whatever wrong he did in the past, God has forgiven him and has re, he has been able to reunite us. Oh. So I was happy with that, you know, I was happy with that. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, it must be really emotional seeing your dad in that situation. And all oh, the yeah. first time as well. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Thank you. So how have you found your career being a nursing assistant and a, and a person of color? and also a mother. Being a nurse of colour in this kind of society that we live in, especially in hospital base, is quite difficult. It is very, very challenging because a lot of patients, whether some that have capacity or whether the ones that don't have capacity, but I don't know, it seems to be the ones that have capacity. No, the ones that don't have capacity are like, should I say are the worst kind because when they like when you're trying to help them to assist them in their needs and whether it's to mo- to help them to mobilize to get them to the bathroom or even just to feed them if they or if they 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 are unable to do that just to give them that comfort to show that you are there for them you're here to help them and there's been times where they've threw their food at me they have spat at me they have like they, I think there was even one that actually assaulted me. And because he didn't have capacity, it was allowed, which confused me because it shouldn't be happening. Yeah, it shouldn't. Because it, it was very, it was very upsetting. It was very, like, I was hurt to the point where I thought, is this the kind of job that I want to be doing? Is this the career path that I want to lead in? Although I want to help the people, but if the people are not willing um, enough for me to help them or are not 
racial racial in this generation is very bad and a lot of the time when it comes to hospital settings and you report a you report a, a incident more or less you report it but you don't get heard you don't get that voice to speak out and even when you do speak out they brush it off it's as if like it never existed oh. like i've had a few a few even with staff as well i've actually had a conflict with a member of staff that uh, has i was i was heavily pregnant and i needed help to move a patient because i wasn't lazy i'm always there to help no matter how heavy pregnant i was i was doing my duty, doing my job. But then they have some that were just so lazy and especially in the hospital setting, especially the ward that was in, it's favouritism. They always have this group of their favourites of who gets the first say and who gets the chance to, let's say if I wanted annual leave on this day or I wanted to pick up an extra shift and I put my name down, before you know it, I will go back to the book and my name will be scribbled out and they now put another person's name. And I would think, wait a minute, but my name was there. So why would they scribble that out and authorize somebody without even cutting, without even exactly, you know? So I felt very offended. I felt very hurt. I felt as if if this is the type of word, yeah, as if I didn't matter. My nothing I have to say or anything that I want to do doesn't matter, which is very bad, very very bad. So I felt kind of withdrawn to the point where I was thinking to myself, do I want to be in this kind of setting? Do I want to really? Is this really the job that God has? This career path that God has really put me in? But you know what? I learned to know my value. I learned to know my worth. I learned to have my voice to speak out, especially during this quarantine where there was a campaign going around for Bantus to have their um, to have a pay rise because the job description that we do is not the same as the job description that uh, is on the contract. So they are trying to really push and at first they neglected it and they kind of just threw the pay for sizing. They, they don't want to fund us, but now it's coming to life. You know, now we are as value and now we are being heard. It's great because they're not just letting in, they're letting in everybody, they're, letting every, they're giving everyone a chance to open up, to, to say their voice, to give out their voice and know the opportunities. So I've learned a lot, especially as a mother, I, I want my son to grow up. Although this society that we live in, it's very hard, it's very difficult, especially as a black, um, raising a black boy in this kind of community. Like, you know, there's lots of drugs, there's gun crime, there's violence. It's, it's just a bit too much murder. So I'm really trying to give him the best future that I possibly can. And that's trying to keep him being his friend as well as being his mother. Oh, yeah. You know, and telling him the truth of what exactly, what happens in the world and explain to him and not kind of keep anything from him. Helping to have a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's kind of the level of my, I've really changed my mindset towards a lot of things. I've put myself in a position where I would understand where this person is coming from and know what their story is, understanding their story. And of course, everybody has a story. It's how you pursue it and it's how you value yourself. It's how you show your story. If you're just letting your story or letting whatever you have gone through to let to put you down and to make you feel depressed and anxiety and it's it's not a good like this is where a lot of people have led themselves to self-harming it is a difficult society that we're in but I, I actually want to make a difference I actually want to I have a voice I want to use it oh yeah. thank you so much you have talked about so many things that I mean people of color we experience so many institutional racism, so, so, to, call, mm-hmm. so to say, 
and there's so many unconscious i mean these things are brought about by unconscious bias yeah there's no yeah. doubt that okay yes i mean people who are white are there and like you said sometimes you put down your name to be on a rotor and somebody takes it, off. Take it off yes those are the silent things that yeah. people don't see and those things happen in the back at the back of the screen every day so mm. the it's, it, we just need to raise awareness about all yeah. things. And I was very offended as a pregnant woman, like trying to mobilize a patient. I was I was literally had to cry out for help because I thought these people are just, they just want to relax. They just want to be um, gossiping at the nursing station when there's actually people that need us. There's actually people that we're here to look after. We're here for a reason. So it, it really baffled me. And then when they, as you said, it's just favoritism. When especially with the white generate with the right generation some of them they can be because they feel as if they have because they're in that favoritism circle they can say as they like they can treat you as they like no it doesn't work like that no I'm- because i'm the one i'm the type of person i'm very open and i will show you attitude like i will tell you how it is if i don't like something if i don't like the way you speak to me i will tell you and if you don't like the way i said it tough luck because this is me this is me telling you telling you my value like not to belittle me you can't think as if you can walk all over me and I'm just gonna let you there was times where I just used to keep quiet and just walk away but then I thought keep if I keep walking away it's it's not really making me how does it make you feel when you actually walk away does it does it make you feel really better or it gets you really angry on the inside bottling up things like that yeah uh, in a way because you know you have what's it's a very professional industry that I'm in, career that I'm in. So we have to stay professional at all times. But yeah. you know when there's times where you just have to, that's when they have to walk away. That's when they tell you to walk away yeah. and report it. What, what but, I mean is, like, when you walk away, you should have somebody that you should be able to talk to about what just happened mm-hmm. to you. Like yeah. An employee liaison officer who also has listens to your concerns about about how you feel about what you've experienced those are Mm -hmm. things that are not in place for people in workplaces and uh, i wanted to say this that one of the reasons that people of color are more susceptible to covid19 is the fact that we make up a large number of employees in the health and social care sector. Okay. Ah. We are the most hardworking. I have to say, in the Black community, we are very, very hardworking and they manipulate it. They take advantage of it and it is frustrating because oh, we work hard. We want to be our best. We're showing that we're here for the people. We're showing here that although we, we're there for for our finances to help our family uh-huh. but we're also this is we, we didn't just choose this job just for the money yeah. we also chose this job because it, it is our passion it is yeah and we you are, know and we are more exposed to the virus being frontline staff and this is why it explains why a huge number of COVID-19 figures are from the black and minority ethnic group community and mm-hmm. it explains why so many of us died as well as a result of COVID-19. 
but that is not being said in the open it just no. yeah they're just saying okay we are more susceptible why are we more susceptible these are things that should yeah. be brought out it's like when they're stereotyped to say black women that we can so we're pain more and pain more and with the fact that we can we're most likely able to what's that word it's Black women for the way they stereotype women, but not knowing that we are very strong. Yeah. You know, we are very strong. Mm -hmm. And we are able, we're that with you are that we are women that can speak out. We don't hold things in. We suicidal thoughts are not on our are not really on our mind unless we feel withdrawn, unless somebody has made us feel like we are not we have no value. Yeah. You know, that's how some black women they feel. They feel like they're alone. They don't have anybody to talk to. But there's so many. I've been joining platforms that are for women. And um, it's, it's, it has really empowered me to be the best woman and to really, you know, to be, the, to, to be a, uh, a speaker, you know, to, 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 to get my true calling in helping the society that we live in. All right. So, yeah, I'm just grateful for the women that we have, the powerful women, the strong <laughs> women that, really, that are really soldiers. Mm-hmm. to march forward instead of to let anybody of any race to let them down, to pull them down. Yeah, thank you. If you look at the Asian community, the Asian community, they're very close. They are very, very close to the Asian community. They really support one another. Like if you look around, there's so many, they have, we have lots of Asian shops and there's a lot, they really stick together. So why is it so hard for the black community to come together as strong as we are to really stick together as well. Yeah, that's something that us Black Africans and the not just Black Africans, Black community globally, we mm-hmm. have to really look at and we have yeah. to examine ourselves and we have to look at ways we can make things work for us. We have to look exactly. at ways that we can make things better in the society. Mm-hmm. Even That's right. Like, yeah. yeah, it's for us and for the future generations. Because we can't just go on like this. You have a child that you want to raise. You want him to have a balanced view of what is happening mm-hmm. in society. And See, at the yeah. same time, you don't want him to be biased. You don't want him mm. to grow up feeling... As if he doesn't have anybody. Yeah. You know, as if he doesn't yeah, have anyone like, to yes. talk to. Yeah. So let us just go to your other things that you do in your community. So the other thing I do, I I, I have a hair abuse business, um, which is selling human hairs. So um, lace wigs, um, or frontals, closures, um, bundles of uh, different types of te- hair textures. So they're straight, there's oh. deep ways. You know, I have different and Afro kinky. Wow. So it gives you that kind of natural, that natural aspect. You know, us women, we like, we love our hair too. Mm-hmm. That it, it brings out, it brings out our faces. It brings out our smiles. Really, it, that is our crown sort of thing. That's our, our hair is our crown. Oh. Um, so I have that platform, that hair and beauty platform. Wow. Um, but I also... Well, what actually motivated you to start that business? It was really, it was my mom. 
actually, because she she was diagnosed with cancer five years ago, which led her to have an operation. So they had to remove her, her right breast. And it also ended up spreading onto her armpit, her right armpit. So they had to like do like an operation to take everything out that they possibly could, which... And, you know, for seeing her pass through that at such a young age, especially as a single mother she was, raising three children, it was um, it was hard. She was always trying to pretend that she was okay, like wearing a smile. She would go into the kitchen, she would still cook, she would clean, she would gather us together, make sure that we're doing our homework, make sure that, that we're on time, making sure that our hair is, that my hair is done, especially me because I'm the youngest. She'll always be babying me, making sure I'm okay and all this, um, not knowing that really deep down inside she's hurt. She, her womanhood has been stripped off her completely from and then when she started losing her hair and she lost her eyebrows she really thought come they were telling her when she was going for cancelling at the at Christie's hospital they used to tell her she's like yeah your hair will grow back in time it will grow back but when her hair started growing back it was it was patchy like she had lots of patches and her hair was so thin and the hair my mom used to have was so thick it was long and it was just beautiful you know so she really took care of herself she loved doing her makeup she loved changing her hair you know she does her nail polish and everything herself for me to see my mom look drained and be stripped of her womanhood and feel as if she has no more value to feel as if she that she doesn't have a purpose in this life anymore to feel hopeless to feel she completely lost her self-esteem, completely lost her faith to the point where she was questioning God every day. God, why me? God, where are you in my times of trouble? But all I could really do was just to know, just to uplift her, to tell her that God hasn't, God hasn't forgotten her. She it will get through this. Oh. Let's just put, keep our trust in her and we will get through it. Oh, you know, so you. I was just doing the little I could do. Plus, even during her procedure, her operation, sadly, they said that the, the operation was successful. But then later on, I now told her that her right arm, they can no longer get a pulse because they have cut the vein. That's just them. That has just added more pain How to did her. you feel when she was going through all this? I was clueless because I was so young and I thought, what, what is all these words they are saying? Like, what are they saying? I was like... I had to have my brother with me during the time of operation. My mom, she's, she doesn't want us to worry, so she kind of kept it to herself. But because I was just reading her type of... I was just reading her body language to say, something isn't right. And when she finally told us about them cutting the, the vein, and now they can no longer take a pulse, and everything that she was going through, I was like, Mom, why did you not tell us? We could have actually sue these people i'm not saying to them from what they have done for of course for what they have done but it if i'm happening from it happen to prevent it from not happening again to somebody else yes you know what i mean and she was like no no just leave it i was like but mommy this is your life this is your life this is your body it's making you feel depressed it's making you feel as if you're you have no more worth as if you don't even know what you're living for even the fact that you have your children by your side you still feel as if you you have no cause anymore in this life oh thank you so much you know i'm so sorry that your mom had to go through all that and uh, i'm glad that you have come out to share this and Mm. you have a business that is based on your mom's experience that you have started. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yes. 
there's so many things that go wrong in life but we just have to go move on in life and we have to be positive we have to look at the future and exactly what's gone on in the past exactly yeah the future we can change Mm. the future but we cannot change what's happened in the past yes exactly exactly uh, yeah sharing your story today will help somebody would help somebody to stay focused will help a person of color know that they are valued know that Mm -hmm. they are worthy of notes and they've got qualities that yeah yeah they have a purpose in life yeah they They have a purpose purpose in life yes and they are passionate Mm -hmm. they are appreciated they are valued Mm -hmm. and And they're not alone they are not alone alone. you have uh, social media handles where people can connect with you Yes, I do. I have my Instagram, which is Dre Supreme Collection. And I also have Facebook, which is, I have a Facebook page, but you can also just add me as normal on Facebook at Andrea Gyms. Um, and I also have a clubhouse recently. I just um, oh, yeah. got onto Clubhouse. Oh, clubhouse wow. is, is a, That's is where a very good uh, now. Yes, <laughs> that is the place. That is a place to gain any kind of motivation, yeah. you know, encouragement. And it's really give me that confidence to speak up because I was so shy, especially during this lockdown. I've been so like to myself. But now I, I feel as if I'm able to come out of my shell and really express and to tell my story. So I'm happy. So Clubhouse, guys, if you have a business, go connect. to Clubhouse. Yeah. Yes, connect, connect, What's connect. What's Clubhouse, Andrew? It's Dreamshine. <laughs> it's Dreamshine. Dream. At Dreamshine. How, yeah. how do you spell that? D-R-E-A-M-S-H-I-N-E. All right. Thanks. And then from there, if you if you um, connect me through um, my clubhouse, my Instagram page is also connected, so okay. you can catch me through what's that. Your, for those who don't have clubhouse, what's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is at Dreas um, Dreas Supreme Collection, which is D R E A S S U P E R M Collection. C O L L. All right. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. And thank you for... If they can, if some women want to have a look at what I have in store, I've got some nice quality hairs that show good value to you. So oh. I'm there to help. Thank you for listening. Please download and share with your friends and family and on social media platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, IAT Radio, Listening Notes, Podchaser, Good Pods, Radio Public, Stitcher, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Himalaya, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave a review, comments, or feedback on our social media platforms on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and also on our website www.podbean forward slash midmusings.com Thank you very much.